Gracious Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this wonderful day, a great day of unity within the life of this church as we gather together on this one worship service as Jordan has just recently prayed. And Lord, as we gather together, I pray that anything that may stand in the way of us receiving the truth preached through this word, through these scriptures, Lord, that you would remove, remove it, take it away. Allow us to boldly approach the throne and lay down the burdens at your feet this morning that may cause a fog and not allow us to see you clearly. Open us up, O oh God, to receive your Holy Spirit that is moving in this place and illumine these words to our heart that we may grow closer to you and that we may have a strengthening of faith. And for those in here who may not know you, that today, today they hear your voice, call them by their name. Here you say, come, and that they would profess you as their Lord and Savior. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So uh, how, many of you, uh, does, how many of you have an Apple Watch? Anyone have an Apple Watch? Good, you're good. So, so the Apple Watch, and this is, this is free information here, so, the, so don't start the time yet. So the Apple Watch has this thing now where it, it instructs you to be mindful, and it, and it tells you to breathe. And so this is, it just tells, and I've, I've turned it off because I don't need instruction on how to breathe, Apple. I got it, you know. This is too much into my life, you know, if you're telling me when to breathe and exhale, I got it. But I'm over here, and I'm, uh, I'm slightly nervous about what I'm going to do today because I'm actually really, really excited. Our Give Us Our Day, Our Daily Bread is so rich. It's so rich, and I can't wait to kind of dive in here, but I know we're on a time schedule, and so I'm kind of over there and just like trying to relax, and my watch just keeps going off. And I've turned this notification off. I turned it off two days ago because we were in Dallas, and we didn't have a flight home, and I didn't want to breathe. I was upset. So I turned it off. And I'm sitting over here, and it's, it's beeping, and it's telling me to breathe. I'm like, no. And I turn it off, and I'm trying try to focus, you know? And then it comes back on again after I turn it off. Breathe, breathe. And I'm like, okay. I don't know if the Lord has stock in Apple, but obviously he is he's telling me to breathe. And so I did. I just took some moments there to kind of breathe in and, and prepare what, what the Lord has for us today and give us this day our daily bread. My name's Mike. I'm the associate pastor here. We are in a sermon series called Communicating with the Lord, Communicating with God, Being Taught by the Master, Looking at the Lord's Prayer and what Jesus says, how he says, pray like this, how he teaches us how to communicate with God. Now, we have been through several weeks of this, and we completed the first table, if you will, of the Lord's Prayer. Thy will, um, uh, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. And what you should see is that the focus on those three prayer requests that are there, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This is all, you know, us looking to the Lord and have the Lord be holy thine. Just be you. Be you. Bring your kingdom. Allow us to be kingdom people so that we can do your will. Just be you, O Lord. And then we get this switch here and where we start us today, and the focus changes just to just a scotch. And now we have these words, our and us. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. Lead us not into, in quotes, our temptation and deliver us. It switches the focus a little bit. And what I have noticed through the Lord's Prayer and how what we're taking, the nuggets of information we're taking from it, is that Jesus is really reposturing and reorienting ourselves and how we receive 
from the Lord. Have you ever taken a posture like this? Take your hands out. Just do it real quick. And put the palms up. Have you ever done this and pray? You may feel foolish in here because you're all Presbyterians and we don't do any of this with our hands. We maybe keep them here at our sides. We maybe kind of put them up here like this if we're going to praise. But, you know. So if you have your hands out, like, it just, there's just this, this, this posture of, of submission and obedience and expecting the Lord to, to just communicate with us and, and pour upon us. And so when we switch this focus of give us our, our daily bread, forgive us our sins, we are basically looking at God and we are saying to reorient us, have us these needs met, our daily bread, the forgiveness of our sins, the, the leading away of temptations. Meet these needs, O Lord, so that the first table, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, and hallowed be your name, so that we can keep those things in reverence and obedience. Because we can't hallow his name or, or think his name is holy. We can't be kingdom people and we can't follow in his will if we're stuck and hungry and poor and, and don't have any of those needs that we need or, or we're falling into our temptations over and over and over again because of our weaknesses and that we're just walking in the ways of evil. If we are those people, then the first table can't actually be asked for because we don't really want it. And so the second table kind of again, reorients us and gets us prepared to receive. I joked with people in Dallas. I said, I'm doing, give us this day our daily bread. And I said, I figure I'll just come up here and just say, okay, when you pray, ask for what you need, not what you desire, and say amen, and we'll take up an offering, right? And we'll be out of here, and it's good. But in the quietness of my hotel room, and uh, luckily printing off pages of commentary before I left, because we got delayed a couple of days, I sat there and I looked and I read and I saw there is rich, rich theology in give us this day our daily bread. In a lot of ways, it's a, it's a twofold request for supplication and provision. One, in that daily bread is, is, is in fact bread and asking for, food, asking for food, asking for that nourishment. When I was younger and I prayed this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we kind of prayed that uh, in, uh, over meals. Um, what was the, the, the prayer that everyone plays? God is good, God is great, give us, do we, for our food, do we say give us our daily bread in that or not? I don't know if we do or not, but when I was young <laughs> and totally ignorant, when we would pray those things, I just thought it was asking Lord to bless the food and that hopefully every day he would continue to give us food. Now, as a child who enjoys food, this was very important to me. Dear Lord, I'm hangry. Send us Snickers, right? So that is where, 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 where I thought that was at. Now, as I journeyed through seminary and started to become really, you know, <clears throat> intellectual and going through all those things, actually diving deeper into my faith and a walk with Christ, Give us, this daily, our, give us this day our daily bread. I knew that bread, obviously, is a big deal in the Bible. It has Eucharistic things, the Holy Communion, the, all, all this stuff. And I actually thought, you know, okay, so when we're saying, give us this day our daily bread, I'm, I'm praying for Jesus. I'm praying that he would be near me, that he would always be beside me, that he would fill me up, all those things. That's where I was there. But at the Double Tree in Dallas, as I prayed over this and looked at this, I saw that, it, you know, there's a connection, there's a correlation between the physical need, desire, 
and the spiritual need, desire. There actually might be a connection between both of those things. Asking God, just plain and simple for what we need, nourishment, strength, and asking the Lord for Jesus' presence to draw near, to always be beside me, to fill me up with his, with, with his presence, with his Holy Spirit. And I pray that today, as he repostures our heart in this Our Daily Bread sermon, that we might discover the, the power that's in that connection between asking the Lord for physical needs and asking the Lord for spiritual needs. And so our working thesis is this. If you want to go back, Stu's a little eager beaver over there. Don't worry, they're in order. <laughs> Stu and I have been in Dallas for a week, so, you know, I think he's okay. Are you good? <laughs> so this is, our, this is our, our working thesis for today. And if you've been with me as I preach, I always like to have some sort of kind of working thesis, because it's the only thing you're really going to remember, right? So here it is. Uh, oh, Lord, give us what we need so that we only need you. Say that with me. Oh, Lord, open your palms. Give us what we need so that we only need you. That's what I think is in give us this day our daily bread. And so, like a good seminary student, when I was thinking about bread, immediately Exodus 16 came to mind. And if you want to open up to Exodus 16, I'm going to camp out a little bit in the Bible. The page numbers are up on the screen for you in just a minute. I believe it is page uh, 1059. We're going to look at Exodus 16. And Exodus 16, why I think bread and this, Exodus 16, if you remember, is about the manna that fell down from heaven for the grumbling Israelites, and don't miss that they were grumbling, okay? This is right after the parting of the Red Sea. They have witnessed all the things that God is going to do for them and has done for them, and now they're, they're, they're embarking on their journey. They've seen it. They've been provided. They actually, just before this, needed water, and the stream that they were at was bitter, and so God says, here, take this tree, throw it in there, mix it all up, and boom, you got water, Everything is fancy and fine. And I think it even says in the scriptures that there were date trees. So they had water and they had dates. What more could you need, right? I travel with my dad. My dad does long distance trips. And what he likes to do for long distance trips is not stop for any type of food whatsoever. We have water and we have cashews. What more could you need, he says. And I, like the grumbling Israelites, I have several Big Mac. Fries, I have things that I want to need. In fact, he traveled with me once. Awesome, free information. He traveled with me once. It was the first time that I was in my own car, and he was a passenger, and we started out, and I said, let me tell you something. Dad, you've got cashews, and you've got water, but this car here stops for all three meals, so we will stop for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, just so that you're prepared, okay? So back here, here are the Israelites. Red Sea's parted. They're, they're, they need water. They get water. They have dates, they're ready to go, and they start getting hungry again. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, Lord, give us what we need so that we only need you. And I go to Exodus because in the Old Testament, always the Old Testament sets us kind of up for Jesus. The Old Testament gives us a prequel. It's a teaching tool to set us up for what's going to happen with Jesus. And so here we are, these Israelites, they begin to grumble again. So look at Exodus 16. Here now the word of the Lord, do not worry. We will not read the whole chapter, but sections from it, and I'll explain. So they set out from, 
Elam, and all of the congregation of all the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. So they're not that very far off from the event. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by meat pots and ate bread to the fill, and you have brought us out here into the wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. Translation, why did you bring us out here to die of starvation if we were only going to die in Egypt? At least we can die in Egypt with bellies full. Build a bigger casket, bury me, I'm happy, right? And really what is that saying is, let's just put it in real word examples, it's saying to God, so if you're going to forgive me of my sins anyways, how about I just keep on sinning and have fun if that forgiveness is just going to come? And Paul explains that and says, oh, no, 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 you don't get it. Having that mindset enslaves you to sin. And you will always hunger and you will always thirst and never be satisfied. It's the same thing. Let's go back to Egypt where we have no interaction with God whatsoever. If all we're going to do is die anyways, at least there will be fed and will be full. They would rather enslavement and food versus freedom and wondering when the next meal is going to come. Even though God has already provided water and dates. Dates was not good enough. They wanted a selection, apparently. So then verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven. I mean, anyone who loves carbs, this is a miracle unto itself, right? Hallelujah, rain down French bread, right? Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them. Don't miss that, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it'll be twice as much as they gather. So Moses and Aaron said to the people at the evening, you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt because in two months you've forgotten. In the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. And then fast forward to verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Just so you know, God was like, they want a selection. So in the uh, evening, I will give them quail. Quail will actually come. And I read someplace that in this region, that's kind of a thing. It's something about the quail and the, and the tiredness of their flight makes them really easy to catch. They can actually just kind of reach up and kind of grab them. So in the evening, I'm going to give you quail. In the morning, I'll rain down bread. You'll, you'll be full. You'll have it all. And you shall know, don't miss it, then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And so as they go on, the quail comes and all the things going on, and that they do all that stuff and they start collecting it. And this is what uh, Moses says to them. It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each of you, as much as you can eat. You shall each take an omer to measurement according to the number of people in your house. And the people of Israel did so. And they gather, some more, some less, because some people's families had lots of people. Some people's families have not, did not have a lot of people. He's saying, go take what you need for your family. And no more and no less. 
And then they realized when they did that, they had exactly what they needed. Now, bada bing, bada boom, right? Let's stop here. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need. So God is giving them what they need. He is attending to their physical need of hunger and thirst with the water before. And he is doing that, I make the claim, because in their hunger, physical hunger and, and, and quench of thirst, they have become weak of spirit. They don't want God. They want to go back to Egypt. Forget God. And so God says, okay, here it is, and I'm giving this to you as a test so that you know that I am your God and that you will walk in my ways. And then furthermore says, here's, here's, here's the rules. God's all about rules in the Old Testament. Here's the rules. You go and take what you need and no more or no less. And then on the sixth day, take double because he's already going to set up a time for them to have Sabbath rest on the seventh day. They're not supposed to go out to the fields and get that. And do you know what the Israelites did? They followed all the instructions to the T. No, they did not do that. After he had given them what he told them to do, some of them decided to squirrel some of the manna away. I know, God says don't, but we know how God acts. He's on his own timetable, he's not on ours. So I'm just going to keep some of that behind. And the Exodus text says that that manna then, the next day was spoiled with worms and all the things. They were, they were squirrels. When I was about to marry my wife, I had that, that meeting with my father-in-law in the living room. They served me chicken Caesar salad. Carrie was off in China. She had no idea why I was doing this. I was asking her father's hand in marriage. And do you think, if you know who Kevin Pound is, he said, yes, go there forth and, and be wonderful with, you know, with this new life with my daughter. No, it was an hour and a half conversation. And in that hour and a half conversation, he asked me personal things like, so, tell me about your finances. I'm like, I have them. You know, what else would you like to know? And of course, at that point, I'm in major debt because of student loans, and Carrie is not. And then he, and I had a car payment and the whole things. And he says, Mike, let me tell you something. There's a story. You can either be a squirrel in the relationship, or you could be a sparrow in the relationship. I said, can we be an eagle instead? Sparrows are kind of little. I want to be mighty, right? Squirrel and sparrow. The squirrel saves. Saves it all for a rainy day. Keeps the money. And the sparrow spends it on whatever it needs. And in every relationship, there's one or the other. Here in the Israelites, we've got some squirrels trying to squirrel it away. And the lessons that can be taught with squirrels and sparrows is that a squirrel who just saves and saves and saves and saves and saves begins to not necessarily trust that God's going to provide. They may get a little bit stingy in their generosity. And a sparrow, on the other hand, may foolishly spend and foolishly squander, not be a good steward of what they had, and then end up with nothing and now be looking and searching for more because they don't have anything there left to give. And it's actually a good marriage of the two because you begin to start balancing each other. After a year or two of marriage, I said to Carrie, you got the books, <laughs> okay, thank you. And I don't even look at them anymore and it's great. So there's squirrels in the midst of Israel and they hold it back and it spoils. But what's the problem here? The problem here is that they don't trust 
And God is raining this bread down, this actual bread, this real live bread, this daily bread. He's raining it down for them because he wants to provide. He wants you to be physically strong and nourished so that you can have that strong fervor of spirit so that we know who God is and so that we walk in his ways. And the Israelites double down. Not only do they squander it, but then on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, the day of rest where you, where you just meditate and, and be one with God, they went out to the fields looking for manna. And Moses is like, my mind is blown. I, I don't know what to do with you folks. But God rains this down so that they would know who he is, that he is God that they would come to him with all of their needs and their desires, that they would firmly find that trust and that assurance in him, know him and walk in his ways. Now we know that that didn't happen. We know that the, we know the story of the Old Testament, the Israelites continued to forsake God. They continued to not walk in his ways. They continued to not do the things that they needed to do and continued to want more and more. The bread that came down from manna was great to sustain life, but it wasn't what they needed. They needed a different kind of bread, which sets us up for the second part of this sermon. So if we look to John chapter 6, we get this new kind of bread. Come, O Lord Jesus, give us what we need so that we only need you. And so if you open up to John chapter 6, page 1059, we get an introduction of a new kind of bread. But don't miss it. There is in the John chapter 6, when we look at the feeding of the 5,000, there is a feeding of actual real life bread to strengthen their hunger. And there's the spiritual component that's going to come out next. After that, in the bread sermon, we're going to see this great connection, this great marriage between God wanting to provide for your physical needs so that you are strong physically in order to continue to grow more and more deeper in your spiritual needs, in your spiritual fervor of faith in Christ. So let's open that up. So here we are, John chapter 6. Jesus sees crowds approaching him, and they are hungry. And it says in the scriptures, you will see there in John chapter 6, it says that Jesus asks his disciples what we can do to feed the crowd. And he does this to test them. It's verse 6. He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. You need to start connecting the manna text that we just read with what's about to happen in the feeding of the 5,000. You may have heard the feeding of the 5,000 before. It is a direct connection to what's happening in Exodus. Remember in Exodus, bread came down, physical nourishment, they still lacked, they still wanted more. Now here comes Jesus offering real bread to real people and see what happens. So the feeding of the 5,000 happens. Philip says, we can't, we don't have any money. And Andrew comes up with the kid in the lunch pail and says, we have these, these little small items, but what are these loaves and fishes to do with all of these people? So Jesus says, has them sit down, and then he does his miracle, right? We know the story. The feeding of the 5,000, 5,000 plus, because that doesn't count women and children, 5,000 plus were fed with the loaves and fishes from that little lunch pail. 
So much so that they had leftovers, and Jesus told the disciples, go gather them up. They had 12 baskets left over, and they brought them all back to the Lord. Notice the differences. In manna, it's bread just for that day. Here in this miracle, they're getting it all. In the manna text, they get bread and quail. Here they get bread and fish. And then in here, they're bringing all the best back to the Lord to trust him to do with it what he will do next. The Lord feeds them. In the other Gospels, it doesn't say it here in John, in the other Gospels of the feeding of the 5,000, which is in all four Gospels, by the way, all four Gospels. In the other ones, he gives them a stern command because the disciples tell him, forget about them. They're hungry. We can't feed them. And he rounds on his disciples and in a very emphatic command, this is a very angry Jesus here, he says, you feed them. Real quick, embedded in give us this day our daily bread is also a missional component. You go feed the poor and the hungry because the poor and the hungry need to be strengthened in order to open their eyes and, and, and see me. That doesn't mean that they have to have riches because there's plenty of poor people who have stronger spiritual fervor than I do. But there is a missional component for us all that if we want our daily bread, give us our daily bread, and we receive that, then that we also must take that out and be agents of dispensing that bread to those who are hungry. And so he feeds them. He does all of that. He feeds them the, the, all the fishes and loaves and everything's great. And then, oh, the crowds. The crowds start gathering around. And they start questioning what is going on. And they're like, this is a great miracle. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Thanks. Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Can you, what else can you do? What other signs can you show us so that we know that you are from God or that you're as special as you're claiming yourself to be? And they even quote the, the manna text. They say to him, listen, our, our fathers, Moses, he brought down bread from heaven and our people ate. They ate for 40 years off of this stuff. What do you got? And I wish Jesus would look at him like 40 years, eternal life. No, I don't know. What's the difference here? But he doesn't. He does it a little bit more eloquently. So look at John chapter 6, verses 26 through 35, and hear what he says. So they say, when they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. You're seeking me because you're still hungry. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Do not work for the food that perishes. What happened, everybody, with the manna? What had happened at the end of the night? It perished, right? And then God provided another. Here now Jesus is saying, don't work for that food that perishes. Work for the food of eternal life. Then he said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God to have this? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And so they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may believe in you? What work do you perform? And they go about in the Father's manna. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I said to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, then give us this bread always. They're still thinking manna-type bread. 
then give us all this bread again, always. They did it for 40 years. God did it for 40 years for manna. Give us this bread each and every day. And what Jesus says to them is that, no, you're looking at the wrong bread. You're looking at the bread that perishes. You are trying to eat on bread alone. And we know, if you, understand, if you remember the story of the temptation of Christ in the Gospel of Matthew, he says to the devil, man does not eat on bread alone. When? It's the first temptation after Jesus fasts for 40 days and nights. And it says in the Gospel, he is hungry. And the devil comes to him and goes after that temptation and says, okay, well then make these stones into bread. If you're so hungry, then go ahead and feed yourself by any means necessary, even if it means listening to my command. And Jesus says, oh no, devil. We don't eat on bread alone, but from the word of God. Give us this day our daily bread so that all we need is you, O oh Lord. Here in the feeding of the 5,000s and the explanation that follows, Jesus says to them, don't look for this type of bread. This type of bread, the manna and, and actual bread is good for your physical strength and I want you to be strengthened. But more importantly, look for the bread of eternal life because if you eat of the bread that perishes, you're going to perish too at one day. He even says that. Your fathers ate manna and they died. But if you eat of me, you shall receive eternal life. Jesus wants us to be filled up with our physical needs as well as our spiritual needs and see the connection between the two. And so he provides us with the things that we need and also draws our attention to only need him. How do we communicate with God? What is Jesus telling us about communicating with God? He's saying, approach him with your needs. Do not be afraid to ask him the things that you need. Not so much desire, but need. And also receive and rely on him for everything because he's going to give it to you. He's going to give you the daily bread that he pours out. And lastly, in this bread sermon, Jesus gives then a prequel to the Passover feast, the Lord's Supper. He gives a prequel to them. He brings it all together, everything that what I'm saying, looking at 51 to 59, John chapter 6, and then we're going to take communion. He says this to them, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. I'm the better bread. I'm the long-lasting bread. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. You won't perish like your fathers did. You'll live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At this, they're all like, are we entering into cannibalism? Didn't sign up for that, right? So they, he goes on and explains, because the Jews disputed among themselves, how can this man give us flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, 
dwells with me. And we know in Scripture that he dwells with us. It's this reciprocal relationship. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And we also know that when the Lord abides in us and we in him, we are able, here it is, to walk in his ways. The very thing that he was teaching back in Exodus. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And he said these things in the synagogue and taught at Capernaum. Oh Lord, give us what we need so that all we ever really need is you. Give us this day our daily bread. Reorients and repostures our hearts to receive from God and to totally rely on him to provide. It is a total posture change, a total trust fall in the Lord. Give us what we need. So all we need is you.